paying too much for health insurance? Frustrated by high deductibles, network restrictions, and increasing premiums? There's a better way. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM is a Christian community delivering a robust, faith based solution to the high cost of healthcare. If your current health insurance has become more of a racket than a remedy, take back control of your healthcare at around half the price. Learn more and enroll today at chministries.org. That's chministries.org. I'm Charles Payne. I'm Kat Timph. I'm Stuart Varney. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. It's been one week since the horror at an elementary school in Texas, but the attention is now on Washington, D.C., where lawmakers have begun discussing a change to gun laws. Again, we're not talking about one solution that's going to, uh, you know, change the world, but uh, several of these things, I think, put together can impact significantly on the problem. I'm Dave Anthony. While Republicans blame President Biden's policies for inflation, some miss the former president. I'm heartbroken that he's not still in the White House. I certainly voted for him. I wanted him to win. I think his uh, second-term policies would have been remarkable and remarkably in contrast to $5 a gallon gasoline. And Kellyanne Conway thinks the path is clear for a rematch. And I'm Will Kane, and I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. After the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, the demand by some for action on guns increased, much like it does after most mass shootings, though this time, like in Sandy Hook, the majority of the victims were children. And so the calls were, in some cases, louder. An activist confronted Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz outside of a restaurant after he spoke at the NRA convention, telling him the deaths of 19 children are on his hands. As President Biden left a mass honoring those killed during his trip to Uvalde, demonstrators shouted at him, do something. He said, we will. The president has done everything that he can um, from 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 the federal government. We are looking at other executive actions that we can possibly do. But Tuesday, White House spokeswoman Karine Jean-Pierre said on this, he can't do it alone. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell confirmed that he encouraged Texas Republican Senator John Cornyn to work with Democrats on gun related legislation. And so it's begun. I will do as I've always done, and that is try to lean forward and meet my colleagues across the aisle halfway, particularly on matters involving the seriousness and gravity that this does. Their goal is to find 10 Senate Republicans who can agree on something. Connecticut Democratic Senator Chris Murphy told ABC's This Week on Sunday. There are more Republicans interested in talking about finding a path forward this time than I have ever seen since Sandy Hook. And well, in the end, I may end up being heartbroken. Um, I am at the table in a more significant way right now with Republicans and Democrats than uh, ever before. He said while they may not be on board with a ban on certain weapons, there may be something they can come together on. Cornyn told reporters he sees room for some agreement. But Murphy said he won't let Republicans drag this out. Either the votes are there or they're not. The obvious question isn't just what can lawmakers agree on, but will what they agree on work to stop mass shootings? Well, I I think universal background checks is uh, sort of a no brainer. I think 90 percent of the polls show that the American public is for it. Ray Kelly is the former police commissioner of New York City and the CEO of Guardian Group. I would start with that because I think it's relatively speaking low hanging fruit. I also think that raising the age to 21 for people buying any uh, guns, quite frankly, 
I think would also be very much supported by the public. I uh, like the red flag laws. It's not a federal law. I don't think it can become one, but I, I think you need a lot more advertising. And I think that police are not sufficiently informed on the red flag laws. Uh, I think it can be uh, a significant help, uh, but they're just not they're just not known about, frankly. Can you talk to me a little bit about background checks? Because one of the arguments we hear is, fine, you can have universal background checks, but many of these shooters would pass such a background check, no? True. I mean, this is not a panacea. There's no, uh, you know, there's nothing that's going to solve uh, all of the, the problems. But I think the background check system itself has to be uh, examined. Uh, for instance, it's very much dependent on what states forward to the federal government. And some states are faithful at reporting information. Others are not. And in general, you need an adjudication by a judge that someone has significant mental issues before they'll go into that database. I think somehow that's got to be that's got to be uh, adjusted because it's difficult to get someone before a court and have a judge make a determination. Now that's an area that has to be improved and to require states to be much more faithful in reporting uh, their information. You said that um, there's no panacea here, right? I don't know if one can stop all mass shootings, right? As long as there are guns, uh, there may be attacks on on soft targets. But is there something specific to schools that can and should be done that, that isn't being done? Look, let's face it. There's a lot of money out there. Uh, COVID money uh, localities have it. The federal government certainly has it. I think a some sort of protocol requiring school security offices, certainly based on a location, would be something to think about uh, quite seriously. You know, some of these uh, schools are in very rural areas, and it's difficult for the police to uh, to get there. So I, I would say at, at the very least, examine those schools that are uh, that are not easily accessible and fund uh, security personnel, whether they be uh, police officers or security officers. It's a sort of no brainer these days. What about hardening of schools? This talk of, uh, you know, this debate around, you know, you don't want a school to look like a fortress. You don't, you know, I have two little children. I don't want to feel like I'm pulling up to some sort of jail type facility when I take them to school. But at the same time, I, I suppose I would rather that than um, than anything bad happening to them. Uh, where are where should we be in your mind on this debate about how, I guess, fortified or, or, or fenced off schools should be? Uh, a fortified school, you know, it's the word you're using, does not have to look like a fortified school. We can things that you can do. You can harden the glass. You can make certain that the doors, are, you know, have panic bars on them. And if those doors are open, then an alarm goes off that some personnel check the, those doors uh, immediately. I mean, I think you can harden the target without it looking like a fortress. A lot of these things are just, 
you know, common sense, if you, if you think about it. We want to be able to control the entrance and uh, you want to be able to, you know, screen who's coming into the school. But also you want to make certain that, <clears throat> as unfortunately just happened in Texas, that doors are not left open without an alarm going off. And obviously that didn't happen here. You mentioned the age limit, 21. There are some states who've tried to increase the age limit to 21. I know you can't sell a handgun. If you're a federally licensed dealer, you can't sell a handgun to somebody under the age of 21. But after a certain number of mass shootings, some states did look to increase the age limit to 21 on long guns. But we have a a federal appeals court ruling out of California um, that said that was unconstitutional. They upheld the notion of, of one needing to get a hunting license first for certain long guns. But... The general idea of restricting it to 21 was struck down in the dissent. One of the judges dissented and he said that you can pass laws like age restrictions to address certain demographics. Like if you know young men are more prone to violence than another group, you you could pass a law impacting that demographic. Is that something that when you talk about an age limit, you agree with? Yes, I do. I think, unfortunately, we have the historical data to show that uh, young people being 18 years of age have purchased weapons in these mass shootings uh, with, with some regularity. And I think that the, it's, again, uh, I, I know there was a case in California, but uh, I don't know if that case is going to be appealed or what, but I think right. it's something that, uh, you know, you, you said Congress uh, or maybe the state legislature can revisit and work around the court decision or, as I say, appeal appeal the decision. But I think there's, there's merit in it. Again, we're not talking about one solution that's going to, uh, you know, change the world. But uh, several of these things, I think, uh, put together can impact significantly on the problem. Since the shooting in Uvalde, I've heard some bring up the fact that at times cops may feel outgunned, you know, generally when criminals have certain weapons. And I'm old enough to remember hearing that argument during the assault weapons ban debate uh, in L.A. at the time we had the North Hollywood shootout. I've since read mixed reviews of how well the ban worked, that while gun violence didn't precipitously drop during that time, it did increase after the ban expired. Is that something you think should make a comeback? Well, I, I I don't see it practically being implemented. You know, we have millions of them out there now. That's uh, just the, the reality. So, I, I and again, I don't think we're, as a government, in the confiscation business. So, the enforcement of uh, an assault weapons ban, uh, I think it would be particularly difficult. Yeah, you could per- perhaps stop the sale. But you're still going to have a, a, a large universe of assault weapons that are out there. You know, I don't see any need for uh, assault weapon to, uh, you know, to shoot an animal or hunt. But we found, you know, in the 90s that it was very difficult to define uh, an assault weapon. And, of course, the manufacturers work right around it. Uh, you know, again, I, I, if, if it could be enforced, you know, in some realistic way, I'd be for it. Finally, sir, um, I know this might not be totally in your wheelhouse, but we keep talking about mental health in relation to these shootings. Um, if you have someone showing signs of having mental health issues, maybe it's not full-blown you know, psychosis or schizophrenia. You know, maybe it's something smaller. 
Um, I'm just wondering your thoughts about that. We do hear stories about shootings that have been stopped, you know, about plans to attack high schools that were thwarted. It, it does happen. It just doesn't happen, I guess, often enough. But what do we do with this issue, with this mental health issue in your mind? It's a real problem because, as I said, the regulations require that someone be adjudicated by a judge right. as having a significant mental issue. Well, we know that certainly it didn't happen with this with this last shooter. A judge wasn't involved in the Buffalo shooter. So uh, I, I think the red flag laws are good, uh, as I said, but the mental health issue is a perplexing one. Because the information, uh, you know, you don't want to label somebody as having a significant mental issue. If, in fact, all you have is sort of a supposition or, uh, you know, not not clear evidence that this person has uh, has the problem. And getting there is is a real hurdle. You know, people will say, oh, yeah, we always knew about him. He, he had a, you know, a problem. But he or she was not adjudicated by a judge as having a, a problem. And, you know, we we don't want to take people's property for just a uh, sort of a hunch. You know, you need to have some sort of uh, due process in, in taking uh, in taking guns from uh, from people, so it's a problem that is not easily solved. Uh, and again, it, one of the issues is even when there is an adjudication, that information has not been consistently reported to the federal government. There's a wide variety as far as the reporting um, mechanisms and requirements of the states. So some do it, some don't, and some do it better than others. Former Commissioner Kelly, thank you so much for your time and your insight. We appreciate it. Thank you. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is Will Kane with your Fox News commentary coming up. We're in a new month, but for most of May... Gas prices rose daily, hitting record high after record high. This president and our entire team understands that when the price goes up at the pump, typical families feel it. Brian Deese is director of the White House National Economic Council, and he blames Russian President Vladimir Putin's Ukraine invasion, telling Fox... The price of uh, diesel and gas at the pump are up more than $1.50 since Putin started amassing troops at the border. Now, President Biden met yesterday with Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, who's been raising interest rates to lower prices. Now, the president says he won't interfere with the Fed, but inflation must come down. In order to transition from historic recovery to a steady growth that works for American families. He detailed his own plan to do that in the Wall Street Journal. 
Republican Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson read that and tells Fox. There's a lot of uh, finger pointing. Uh, there is a lack of recognition of the challenge of his restrictions on our energy supply as being part of the problem. And Republicans also blame too much Biden federal COVID spending last year. We are a house divided across the country. The electorate seems very split. Washington is very split. Kellyanne Conway was Donald Trump's 2016 campaign manager, then counselor to the president after he won. She just wrote a book, Here's the Deal, a memoir. You know, Democrats control everything, but it's a 50-50 Senate. Joe Biden, you know, didn't really get elected with a mandate to speak of, and that shows you have a divided Democratic Party, except on issues like guns and abortion, and they all have one point of view on each of those, even though the country has many points of views on those. And uh, look, I think in the case of President Trump, the reason people who couldn't wait to get rid of him can't quite quit him and still talk about him is because he was an active president. You know, the White House I worked in, no one ever had to ask who's in charge, who's the president. You wrote in the book that he's always listening, and he may not be looking like it or he may not be writing something down, but you said he's always, he was always listening. Yes, and how do I know Donald Trump's always listening? Well, first of all, he repeats verbatim what you told him later that afternoon, that week, that month, or several years later. And it's pretty remarkable. I do write in the book that Donald Trump rarely forgets anyone or anything, even if you wish he would. Um, and he just got a remarkable memory. This is legendary in New York, legendary among his friends and colleagues, and I think some of his competitors in real estate and TV and these other ma- major industries in which he has excelled. You know, one of the dumbest things said about President Trump is that he loves yes men and yes women. It's actually not true, Dave, because he abhors obsequiousness. He doesn't want people around him who just say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir, you're right, sir, sir. He actually wants to know what's new, what what you're thinking, how you're feeling, what, what's going on, what he needs to know. And I always look at my job as not telling him what he wanted to hear, but what he needed to know. And he's just a great broad-shouldered boss who can who can hear that, take that, assimilate that, and act on that. You know, uh, during his presidency, though, there were all these stories that he would just rage in the Oval Office. He'd watch cable TV and shout at the television. And, uh, you know, he had his daughter there as an advisor. He had Jared Kushner. He had all these people around him. And, and uh, he was, he, you know, he thought he was smarter than the generals, smarter than everybody else. When you would see and hear that, what did it make you think? It made me think that the people saying that and writing that and gossiping that, two things about them. Number one, they've never worked in any White House, little in this White House at this level, so they have no idea. It's just conclusions in search of evidence, gossip, people, employees, staffers in the White House who had to slink away in shame or who um, were fired. This is always their version of events. You should, we should all applaud the fact that President Trump presided over what I refer to as the democratization of information. So whether you like the Facebook post or the tweet or bringing the press into the Oval Office or running into the press briefing room himself and speaking directly to the public, any way you slice it, through any form you cite, that was a president, a commander-in-chief, transparently and instantly free of charge to the country, providing a presidential communication. So if it's a tweet, everybody gets to see it at the same time, Whether you, no matter what your socioeconomic status no matter where you live, what your political affiliation is, everyone received presidential communication instantly and free of charge. It's pretty remarkable. And now you've gone all the way the other way. 
Yeah, and now obviously he can't tweet anymore, and he was uh, kicked off Facebook all after what happened on on January sixth. And and there were a lot of people who were happy he can't tweet anymore because I mean, there were people who put up these counters of all the lies and all the tweets that he did. And was there, there was always critics were saying he's lying thousands of times. The tweets, how difficult were they at times to deal with when you were working for him? Well, I would joke with the president that he needs to tweet like we need to eat. It's just about better choices. My favorite tweets were the ones where he was um, informing the public about something he as president was doing or a head of state he was meeting with or a piece of legislation that he was getting behind and wants to make sure that people, frankly, get behind their, tell their own congressman to get behind it. So I think when the president was in his inform the public role, but also, you know, people say, oh, he was personally insulting this one, that, excuse me, he always says he's a counterpuncher, and there's something to that. And I'm heartbroken that he's not still in the White House. I certainly voted for him. I wanted him to win. I think his uh, second-term policies would have been remarkable and remarkably in contrast to $5 a gallon gasoline, infants who can't find baby formula who are hooked up to tubes in hospitals instead of just eating basic nutrition as provided through infant formula. The border would be more secure. Putin would not be in Ukraine. How do I know that? Because Donald Trump was president and Putin was not in Ukraine. Iran as a nuclear-capable threat would not be salivating as it stares at Israel across the way. Um, energy independence would be flourishing, would still be happening. So the list goes on and on. You know, you talked about um, you know 2020 and you wish you'd won. That's still a big point of contention because he still insists that he was the winner, that it was stolen from him. And, of course, you wrote in the book that, that you were one of the people in his inner circle that told him he lost. But then he bristled at that, and he put something out recently that she never told me that, and if she had, I wouldn't have dealt with her uh, any longer, and, and she would have been wrong. Have, have you spoken to him at all since the book came out? Have you had any contact? Because clearly you did have contact with him after you left the White House still. I, I have talked to him since the book came out. The president had every right to go and find the theft, the fraud, evidence of malfeasance and shenanigans, of which there was plenty. Sadly, Joe Biden is the president, but I don't think election was totally fair because I think we'll never really know. Okay. And I write about that in my book, and I say, you know, I say on the person, it was, it was in reference to him coming up short before that December 14th deadline that the electors certifying the election. Now, other people had other views. Oh, let's blow past December 14th and go look at January 6th when Congress certifies the election and see if we can stop it there. So everybody saw how that played out. Everybody saw the president's lawyers and strategists and I think a bunch of supplicants and showmen also coming before the Resolute Desk and promising things that they could not deliver. And it frankly wasn't fair to him. Um, Do you think it got bad advice to keep going and then to go out there and rally on January 6th? And obviously there's the fallout that's still going on with hearings and everything. Well, listen, he did not go to the Capitol. He did not. There's no evidence that I've seen that I've read that he knew what was planned at the Capitol. But, you know, to your point, lots of people have been testifying to the January 6th commission. We don't know where all that is headed. Um, I think that it's gone on long enough. It's a taxpayer-funded commission. Where's, where's the Joe Biden, the Democrats, and the few never-Trumpers School Safety Commission? Hmm? We had one in the Trump White House after Parkland. I don't see, you know, this, this, this Democratic Party and the never-Trumpers, yeah, I repeat myself, they are so hell-bent on stopping him, on destroying him. It's, it's very corrosive to our body politic. And look, there are plenty of laws on the books 
that could be enforced against criminal or civil activity that was committed on January 6th. But make no mistake, David, um, there were about, well, I read somewhere about 662 or so people in the Capitol that day that went inside, that breached the Capitol. And there were 74 million Trump voters. And people want to conflate the two. All the Trump voters were in the Capitol. All the, all the Trump voters hurt the police officers and were being disrespectful and swinging flagpoles and gassing each other. No, that's a small, relatively small number of people. And the 74 million Trump voters, I believe, are a very important historic number for a sitting president. Highest number of votes any sitting president has ever received in the history of the United States of America. And who speaks for them? Where will they go? They actually want back the great economy, the energy independence, the, I think, the more affordability, more security. And they want all of that back. And if, if President Trump wants to be president again, I think the path is pretty clear. He's got to run against Joe Biden and have a rematch. So you you think he's going to run, and do you want him to run? I know he would like to run because he, he knows he's got unfinished business and did a great job the first time, by and large. And so I know that he's itching to do that. Everybody wants him to be the kingmaker, but he was the king. And there's more you can do when you are than just being the kingmaker and sort of living with the quality of the campaigns and quality of candidates that you're endorsing where you can have very little control over that beyond your own endorsement. So he would like to. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Well, you opened the book. You opened the book with the story about how you became his campaign manager, and you told him in August of 2016 that he can win, but he's not winning; that he was losing. Do you think that he might want you to do it again in 2024? And would you? Well, that's up to him. I really, first and foremost, what are the ages and stages of my children? What's my best and highest use? How can I help the effort to get rid of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris pronto, um, and you know, as soon as available? And then. Of course, moving forward, what's my best and highest use in any new Republican administration or White House? Now, you have had a career of studying people, polls, reading the tea leaves of where we are. What do you think 2022 and what, where are we headed in your view? I think 2022 in some ways is going to be a course correction against the Biden excesses and incompetence. 2022 is also in a very unusual way going to be a continuation of the House successes in 2020. So not a single incumbent Republican lost his or her House seat in 2020. And in fact, of the 15 seats that went from blue to red, they were taken by veterans, women or minorities, or two or three of the above. That's pretty remarkable. And with these razor-thin margins in the House and Senate, Senate is tied 50-50, Kamala Harris is a tie-breaking vote. And in the House, where the Democrats have the narrowest margin since a majority margin since World War II. It's not going to take much to, to switch that around, to really revolutionize it and turn it around. So I think it could be a monster year, but only if the Republicans have messages. You can't replace great messages with messengers. People want to hear the substance. They want to know what, how you're going to solve the problems, what you're going to do this differently, how you're going to restore a lot of this peace and prosperity that we all became accustomed to enjoying, including a lot of non-Trump voters. The book is Here's the Deal, a memoir from Kellyanne Conway, who was former counselor to the president in the last administration. Congratulations on the book. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me today, David. All the best. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. 
So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to Everyone Talks to Liz. Fox Business's Liz Clayman talks with entrepreneurs and executives about inspiring and motivational stories. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Will Kane. What's on your mind? In the wake of... Of the horrible tragedy in Uvalde, Texas, the nation is going to look for the handrail of sanity. The nation is going to look for solutions. For many, that is going to mean focusing on the tool. That's going to mean focusing on the gun. But for me, I think we have to begin to look at the root and the cause of what it is that is causing a seemingly Mind-blowing increase in young men randomly walking into a school and taking the lives of the most vulnerable kids. Something has broken in our society. Something seems to be broken beyond repair. We have watched over years and decades now the disintegration of all the ties that bind us as a people the family unit has been de-emphasized we're seeing more and more children grow up in fatherless homes more and more young people are at even younger and younger ages being put on pharmaceutical drugs to mask the difficulties of becoming an adult We plug in to a phone, bury our nose in social media, isolate from our community, lose friends and lose family, play violent video games, which work in effect as simulators. NASCAR drivers drive in simulators. Fighter pilots fly in simulators. We have a generation of young boys who are now in first person shooter simulators. But something has rotten at the core of our culture and most acutely in the hearts and minds of young men. We have to do something about a culture that has now de-emphasized masculinity, deprived ourselves of any male role models. In fact, water down the idea of what it is to even be a male. We can't even biologically define anymore what it is to be a male. And we look up with surprise when we see people who are totally callous, disconnected, disenfranchised. And rotten at the core who decide that the only way to find purpose and meaning in life, the only way to find their way, their identity is to do the most heinous act imaginable, to resort to evil. We must do something to save our young men. We must do something to save our culture. We must refine purpose and meaning. We need to look back to the family. We need to look back to community. And we must look back to spirituality. If not, we're just focused on the tools. We're just focused on the surface. We're not focused on the core. Or the root of the problem. Hey, for more of this, go check out the Will Kane podcast. I'll dive deep on the issues in our society, our politics, and our culture. And I'll have some fun when it comes to the world of sports, including breaking down the truth and fiction this week behind Top Gun Maverick on the Will Kane podcast. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Download, listen, and be inspired with Lauren Green's Lighthouse Faith. Fox News religion correspondent Lauren Green uses her wealth of stories to take the listener on a unique journey of spiritual discovery. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.